We are back. It is the Blue Bloods, and we are here with a Week 15 preview. This would usually be Conference Championship Weekend, or heck, if you wanted to you know, study the Boca Raton Bowl, maybe even Bowl Weekend. But we're here Week 15. We're still a lot of football ahead of us. We got some huge games this weekend. We're going to kick it off with pick six and preview six of the biggest games. And I think we're even upping it up a week because guess what, guys? It's Army-Navy week, so we had to include that game. So we're upping it up to seven games this week. We also got storylines. The new college football playoff ranking came out yesterday. We Coastal Carolina still being disrespected. There could be chaos in the top six and – Somehow Missouri made the top 25. We're going to we're gonna figure out, we're going to get to the bottom of this right here on the Blue Bloods. We also have Jim Harbaugh discussing a new contract with Michigan. We are going to break down all this craziness in college football, and we're wrapping it up, guys. Brandon's Gambling Corner, in which Brandon's making y'all all the money this weekend. So make sure to write these bets down and go make some bucks this weekend. But guys, we have a full show today, so let's kick it off. Brandon, we're starting in the Big 12 out there in just middle of nowhere, Texas. We got the Baylor Bears hosting the number 22 Oklahoma State Cowboys. And there's really not much to play for here. We got a 2-6 and six team up against a team that had Big 12 title hopes but is now officially eliminated after their loss to TCU this weekend. The line, Brandon, is 5.5 for Oklahoma State. What are you looking for this weekend? And can Dave Aranda pull off the win of the year for the Bears? I mean, I, don't, I really don't know what to look for in this game, mostly just because it's Baylor versus Oklahoma State. And you know what? If you would have asked me about this game preseason, uh, I probably would have thought this would have been a really good game. I would have thought this might have, like, Big 12 championship. Uh, like, that might be where the winner goes to, something like that. Uh, apparently not. We've got 6-3 and three versus 2-6, and six, like you said. <laughs> Um, Oklahoma State's just been falling apart recently, and I think that their morale's down. Um, Baylor, on the other hand, they're a pretty young team. Um, they've got a first-year head coach. And while they're still not playing for much, uh, this is a season where to make it to a bowl, you don't necessarily have to have that 6-6 six and six record. You don't have to win six games. And so anyone's up for grabs. And so I think that Baylor still is playing for something. I think they're playing – to impress one of the bowl hosts. And I think that they're playing to be able to make any bowl in this, in this postseason this year. So yeah, I, th- I think Baylor might be a little bit more motivated uh, than Oklahoma state. And honestly, I think Baylor might be better, um, better suit. I think they have more, I don't want to say more talent, but I think that uh, I think their quarterback's a lot better. Uh, I think Charlie Brewer's a lot better than Spencer <laughs> Sanders. Uh, I think Chuba Hubbard's been disappointing, but he's still way better than any running back that Baylor can put on the field. Um, Their wide receiving core is a little bit better, but I think Baylor has a better defense. So this will probably end up being a better game uh, than a lot of people think it will be. You know, I I would have to figure that that most people are picking Oklahoma State in this one. But I think Baylor can probably hang in there with them. Right. Well, I mean, you look at Baylor's losses, like you say two and six. 
they only lost by 13 points on the road against an Oklahoma team that some people are touting as a playoff contender. They only lost by one point to Texas Tech on the road. Only only seven points against Iowa State, which apparently the committee thinks is a real national championship contender. And they well, they lost a tough one to TCU where they kind of pulled away late. I mean, I don't think this Baylor team is as bad as a 2-6 and six record suggests. And I think that's represented in the line, Brandon. I mean, what ranked team against a 2-6 and six team is going to have a less than a touchdown line on that game? I'll be honest with you, man. I like this line. I really do because I don't know if Oklahoma State can pull this one out by by a touchdown. I think this may end up being a field goal game. I mean, we just talked about how Baylor's beating opponents by by or losing to opponents by like a score or less or less than two scores. Oklahoma State's not beating teams very much. They beat Texas Tech by six points. Um, they they beat Kansas State by two. I mean, they're not just blowing teams out of the water by any means. You know, if they win, they're squeaking by to win. Right. And I mean, like you said, Charlie Brewer has outplayed Spencer Sanders thus far in the year. Spencer Sanders has struggled with inaccurate passing, turnovers, and he just hasn't seemed to put in a consistent performance. And I think that's really tied, like you said, Brandon, to Chuba Hubbard's disappointing 2020 season. And I get that, you know, a lot of people just kind of wrote him off as someone who could leave for the draft this year. If there's someone who needs to come back, it really needs to be Chuba Hubbard. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and yes, he's helped out because Baylor might have the worst rushing attack in the entire country right now. I mean, they're only averaging about 90 yards a game rushing. And I really and truly, if they had a stronger rushing game, Brandon, I would have probably went with the Bears to pull the upset in McLean Stadium. Just being on the road, you get in a primetime game. Oklahoma State's kind of riding that. Like, oh, man, we have nothing to play for now. You got all the motivation. That This is a perfect recipe for an upset. But when you look at this Oklahoma State defense, if you are one-dimensional, they're going to beat you. Yes, absolutely. And I, th- I think that is kind of what we're going to see this weekend. I think Oklahoma State is going to have enough talent to really shut down the run game for Baylor. They're going to have to put it all on Charlie Brewer. And if there's the strength of this Oklahoma State defense, is that secondary. And so – can uh, Colby Harville Peel and Trey Sterling and the rest of them boys up back there really make the plays to pull this game out? I think they do. And I think for Baylor, I mean, they're giving up over like what 170 yards rushing per game. I mean, neither of these defenses are spectacular. And so I think Chuba Hubbard, LD Brown are going to be staples for this Oklahoma State team. And I think you're going to see them. I think you're going to see Chuba Hubbard get 25 to 30 carries this game. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And, and it's not like this Baylor defense is really stopping the rush either. You know, they're allowing 170 yards a game, which, you know, not awful. But, you know, if Chuba Hubbard is going to break out in a game, this would be the one to do it, you know, in the season, right? If you are thinking about going to the draft in the season on on just a big showing against Baylor, a team that, you know, all we want to do is talk about their defense because of Dave Aranda. So, I mean, this would be the game for him to show out if he if he did. But with that said, I don't know that he will. I still think this Oklahoma State team is going to end up coming out stronger than the Baylor Bears this weekend. Uh, I don't think they pull this one out by much, but I do think they take the win. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Brandon. Um, I, I, I had a real tough time not picking Baylor this weekend, but I ended up going with the Cowboys, Brandon, 20-17 to 17 
with a close, low-scoring game this weekend out there and uh, out there in Baylor this weekend. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State 24-21. Ooh, two three-point games. I like it. Oklahoma State does not cover. Mark that down, guys. We're moving to Brandon's nightmare. It was put into pick six. It's coming <sighs> early for Brandon. He's doing He's this on upset. purpose, by the way, people. <laughs> we got the Florida Gators hosting LSU this weekend in the swamp. Florida is a 23-point favorite, Brandon, and I need to know, do they cover? Um, this is t- Probably, yeah. I-, I would say yes. Honestly, and it hurts me to say this, but Florida might beat LSU by more than Bama did, which is just demoralizing um, as anything. So, yeah, honestly, I could see Florida winning by four scores. I don't think that's out. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, this Florida team is good. I mean, they, they have Kyle Trask on this offense, and he's incredible, and he's putting up Joe Burrow-like numbers. And I don't know. I, I mean, there's not one facet of the game in which LSU is better than Florida this year. Uh, I, I, Okay, yeah, I guess you're right. I was about to say maybe running game, but then, like, it's so but inconsistent for LSU. But when, when they find a running back, when John Emery was actually showing a spark last weekend, what do they do? They quit Mitchell. giving him the ball. I don't know why. I have no idea why. <laughs> and so, really yeah. and really and truly for this Florida offense who has struggled to run the ball at times, there's no better matchup than to get that running game ready for Alabama next week. Right. If if you need a warm-up game against the defense that's going to allow you to run the ball, this is it. Yeah, uh, you should be you should be giving Damian Pierce the ball every single time. And Brent, I got to ask you, I like there's been a lot more opt outs now for LSU. I know a re, um, Eric Gilbert opted out and I've heard rumors of a few more. How do the Tigers replace him? And what is really the team morale coming into the game this weekend? Oh, it's awful. I mean, if we want to get into more like the personal side, I mean, we see two weeks ago or three weeks ago, Terrace Marshall, you know, getting the team. They have an all they have an only, a players only meeting about how they need to go out and play better. And then the next week, Terrace Marshall opts out. And yeah, I get it. I, I mean, he, he doesn't want to get hurt. He doesn't want to, I mean, he's not playing for anything at LSU. He doesn't want to get hurt in this time because he's going to the draft. Fine. But why, I don't understand why you call that meeting. If you're just going to opt out, if you're going to talk about team morale and then you're going to opt out, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Eric Gilbert said his body hurts. Um, I think it's a pretty bad <laughs> sign for where, for what's about to happen to him. So he says his body hurts. <laughs> What eight games into a season? I mean, into the yeah. COVID season. Come on, he's. I think he's got a lot of personal stuff going on. Uh, rumors are that he's going to transfer. I don't know how true that is. Um, I th- I think that he just needs a little bit of time. I mean, this is. I couldn't imagine anybody's mental health, any player's mental health during this COVID season, uh, much less a true freshman. So uh, yeah, I think he needs a little bit of time. I'm not giving him an excuse, but yeah, yeah it is what it is. Um, I guess the only good news out of LSU this week is that BJ Ojolari decided that he is going to play. And those rumors about him also transferring out were wrong. Um, or as, as far as we know for now, and he's not opting out right now. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you step up in, into these kind of positions, Zach, when your leading passer, Miles Brennan is out hurt. Terrace Marshall, your leading receiver is 
he opted out for the rest of the season. You're your tight, your starting tight end, who's supposed to be the best tight end to put on a football helmet since the invention of college football opts out for the rest of the season as a true freshman. And what is LSU left with? I mean, they're left with the youngest team I think I've ever seen with coordinators that don't really know what they're doing on the field and a team that, you know, that it seems like it seems like this coaching staff has lost the locker room. It seems like these players aren't interested in playing because they are three and five. And this is LSU. I mean, this is the team that's coming off of winning a national championship. And, you know, what are they playing for? They're playing for maybe a bowl appearance. I mean, I don't know. So the team morale's at an all-time low, Zach. And honestly, the only thing to play for here is bragging rights against Florida. I mean, you beat Florida, and oh, good for you, but you're you're still four and five. Right. I mean, and it's it's really bad. Cause, I mean, how long has Miles Brennan been hurt, Brandon? I mean, he's been hurt since like the third game of the season, and he's still the leading passer. Yeah, it's bad. I, I know. That's that is really really bad, and. Uh, you know, and then you look at their leading rusher is uh, Todd Davis Price. He might not even be the best running back on the team. No, I don't think he is. <laughs> that's, that's nuts. <laughs> it's bad. And, you know, you're looking at Kyle Trask. I think he's going to be motivated for the Heisman. Um, I think he's going to be looking to put on a show. I think this Florida team is going to be – is not going to be overlooking LSU. I think this Florida team is – it, I think they're going to be going in just guns ablaze, and they're going to be looking at Alabama saying, we got to get ready for that game. If LSU was at full strength, Brandon, this would be a game to watch for upset alert. But like you said, with, with LSU giving up almost 500 yards per game, not being fully healthy, a bunch of opt-outs, I mean, it's really, really hard to see LSU pulling this one out. Especially in the swamp, and especially yes. – and this, this came into my mind as soon as uh, – like as soon as I stopped talking for the last time, but good Lord, LSU just pissed people off last year. Right. I mean, yes. Who had his speech after the Alabama game? Look what happened. Uh, I was at the Florida game last year where every LSU fan in the stadium was doing the Gator chomp at the end of the game. So that probably pissed a few people off. Uh, I'm sure Florida knows about that. So uh, I don't know. This is, this is going to be bad. They're Florida's definitely going to cover if that. I mean, let's just, let's face facts. Right. I, I mean, it, it's going to be real. And then, like, also, Coach O didn't really help the, anybody's case, saying <laughs> that he's going to dominate everybody. And also, another thing to look for, Brandon, that top six for the Cosmoball playoff, we're going to get more into it later, is pretty entrenched. And there's a floor, there's a Texas A&M team that Florida knows they have a loss to, and the committee looks at head-to-head a yeah. lot. Texas A&M struggled with LSU. Bama blew them out. I think Florida is knows they have to come out here and put on a show. Oh, absolutely. That they're gonna have to beat LSU by more than twenty eight points, and oh, it's yeah. not even gonna have to be close. If they struggle, the committee's gonna be looking, and um, I really think it could hurt their chances. But Brandon, I don't see this happening. I think LSU might keep it close first, second quarter, but I think like you like we saw last week, it's going to get out of hand fast once once Kyle Trask gets going, once this rushing game might be able to help Florida out, once Kyle Pitts gets matched up on Cordell Flott or one of those weaker corners, it's going to be a problem. And I got Florida winning this game, Brandon, 45-20 yeah, this weekend. I, I'll be honest with you, Zach. I can see LSU scoring more than they did against Bama because I think that this Florida defense isn't as good as Bama's defense, to be frank. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, the 20 points sounds right to me. I'm going to go with, let's see, I'm going to go Florida 49, LSU 21. Yeah, I, I I like it. I like it. Hey, if they pull an upset, man, hey, hedge hedge your happiness. If they pull yep. an upset, you're going to be coming to hear guns a-blazing on Sunday, and I, oh, I cannot will. wait for oh, it. Oh, my God. I will be. <laughs> you guys might not even want to listen. Like, if you're, if you're, if you have any relation to the state of Florida, like even the state of Florida, don't turn, don't tune into this episode of LSU wins. It's going to be bad for you. <laughs> it is. It I don't is. care if you're a Miami fan, don't tune in. The intro song is just going to be the LSU fight song. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, we have to. Well, I forgot the other one that y'all do. The one that got banned. Oh, oh, neck. <laughs> yeah, that, that neck's going to be the outro song for sure. If this happens, um, but guys, we're moving back to the Big Twelve. We got a big matchup. This one's going to be interesting. I know the spread might not say that, but I think this one will be a lot more interesting. We have the number eleven Oklahoma Sooners traveling to to morgantown to take on the west virginia mountaineers oklahoma is a 14 point favorite brandon what what do you see happening out there in morgantown because this could be a trap game for the sooners looking ahead to next week oh i think it's a trap game for sure and, and you know i'm not saying that oklahoma's going to lose i'm just saying that 14 point spread seems a little ridiculous right like how how do you expect <laughs> this oklahoma team to to beat West Virginia by more than 14 when they couldn't beat Baylor by more than 14. When, I, I mean, I don't know. To me, I don't know. Yes, this Oklahoma team looks a lot better. Their offense looks a million times better than they did at the beginning of the season. I mean, this looks like a real Oklahoma team where they're putting up over 40 points a game every single game, except for against Baylor, I guess. Um, they're, they're, they're putting up 60 points. I mean, against the, the Kansas, the Texas Techs of the conference, they're putting up 40 against Oklahoma State. So yeah, their offense looks good and their defense is actually holding teams. I don't, I don't know. I just think that West Virginia is one of these teams that came out and surprised everybody this season and they're looking pretty good. I mean, they're, they're scoring four touchdowns a game. They're, they're holding teams to 20 points or less a game. Um, you know, last week, I, you know, West Virginia obviously um, got beaten pretty badly. And I think that they're coming off of that upset. I think they're mad about that loss. And I think, that in order for West Virginia, I mean, they're not playing for anything here, obviously. They're not playing to get in the Big 12 title. They're not playing to get a New Year's Six Bowl or anything like that. But I think they are playing for this bowl placement as well. I mean, I said the same thing about Baylor. So I could see them coming out this weekend after they got, I mean, just destroyed by Iowa State, 42-6, to coming out and playing competitively against Oklahoma. Right. I mean, I think their statement win – what. I think they had two, Brandon, really, in the last, like, five games for Oklahoma. I know the Texas win was big, but beating Oklahoma State like they did, I mean, because that that game was ridiculous. I mean, 41-13 beatdown. We covered that on the podcast. I think the win on the road against TCU, putting up 33, beating them by multiple touchdowns, that was a big win for the Sooners too. I mean, we saw, we see TCU beating Oklahoma state, upsetting Texas, giving all these teams problems. And I think that wins overlooked, but if you look at West Virginia, I have the same question I had about LSU. Where's that morale? You just had Iowa state come to town and beat you 42 to six. Yeah. And you couldn't stop a nosebleed. I mean, Barisi hall and that offense and, and what you know, Brock Purdy put up big numbers. Like, can't are you ready for Spencer Rattler in this offense? No, I, I mean, 
That, that's a great question. And, you know, if you look back at the previous, at this previous week, you, you might think not, you know, you might think, you know, they just got destroyed by the Iowa state team. But honestly, I think that's kind of motivating to them. And that's what I, that's what I was pointing at earlier. I think that you lose that bad. You have to bounce back somehow. I mean, you were five and three before that game. You were looking pretty good. You weren't going to make the big 12 championship, like I said, but you could have made a pretty good bowl game at, at you know, if you, in, if you end the season seven and three, this West Virginia team that a lot of people might've thought would go, would go three and seven this year. So, yeah, uh, I think that, I think that that loss might motivate them more than it demoralizes them, if that makes sense. And right. they might bounce back. And, and honestly, like you said, this might be a trap game for Oklahoma. This might be one that the, that the Mountaineers can actually pull off in their home stadium. Yeah, it, it definitely could. But I think it's going to have to fall right on the shoulders of uh, Jared Doji. Yeah. I mean, this Oklahoma defense has been shutting down the run for weeks on end now, only allowing about 80 yards per, uh, per uh, rush on the ground per game and you know you look at Spencer Rattler you look at Jared Doji I think Oklahoma has the advantage there defensively just recently man I mean I think you got to give the nod to Oklahoma defensively like I know they're allowing more yards per game and all that but after what I saw from West Virginia I think they have some serious holes that they have to fix I think TJ Pledger is going to come to play that I mean, they have so many weapons on this Oklahoma team. I mean, Marvin Milms has been just spectacular this year. Spencer Rattler's improved every single game, and he's finally living up to that five-star hype. And another factor, 11 a.m. kickoff, no fans. It's like, I feel like this year is the only year you can really just kind of disregard home field advantage. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I, I mean, I don't the only the only thing I would say to counter that I guess Zach is that you know this is a Big 12 team but they're in West Virginia. And so I think traveling from from Oklahoma to West Virginia is a lot different than traveling from, like from Oklahoma to Texas. So that's I don't know that that's the only thing to me. You know they're going to a whole new time zone. They're basically going halfway across the country. Um and so yeah, I, I mean that that could play a, a factor in my opinion. Um, you know, you already mentioned uh, Jared Dagey um, and what he's going to have to do uh, to win this game. I think it also falls on his shoulders, and I think that he's going to have to get more into the groove that he was like in his October games. You know, he started right. out the season kind of slow. I mean, he's passing for 200 yards, um, but then, it, then it, like something switched, and it looked like in the middle of October he started passing for over 300 yards a game. I mean, he passed for 347 yards against Texas Tech. I mean, that was a loss. But he, he kept their neck and neck with them. And here recently, I mean, he hasn't been playing very well. Against Texas, he had 317, which is good. But the, the game immediately after that against TCU, he only had 212 passing yards. And against Iowa State, he had 209. And he went 100% passing last weekend. So he's, going, he's definitely going to pick that back up. And I do think that Iowa State's defense is a lot better than Oklahoma's. So I think that yes. there's, I think there's a good chance that he can pick that back up. But – yeah, that, that's definitely where where responsibility for winning this game is going to fall if West Virginia can uh, pull this one out. I mean, yeah, and Letty Brown's got to play big. I know Oklahoma's front seven's on point. Letty Brown's going to have to come to play. I, You know, uh, this game's so hard to predict because, like you said, West Virginia's – we've seen two West Virginia teams all year 
Oklahoma has been on point other than that Iowa State game, really. And that K-State game, I don't think K-State – I mean, K-State was healthy. So I don't think you could look at what K-State is now without Skylar Thompson, without like three defensive starters, without three O-linemen. This K-State team that you see playing on December 9th right now is not the same team that beat Oklahoma Week 2. No. So you, you can't make that comparison. Outside of Iowa State, I, I, don't, I don't think – I don't think this Oklahoma team's had a really bad game. They put it up against Texas when Texas was clicking. I think Oklahoma continues to roll this weekend, Brandon. I still think Iowa State's the best team in this conference. I still think Oklahoma pulls it out 35-16 to 16 this weekend in Morgantown. I don't think that they cover, but I do think Oklahoma does win. Um, I'm going to go with Oklahoma 35-27. to Iowa State, let's say 27. I like it. That's a good score. I like that score, but guys, to the Big Ten, this game is going to be the hardest game to predict this weekend, Brandon. Okay. By far, Wisconsin, Iowa, Kinnick Stadium, snow game potentially this weekend, Brandon, 2.30. This game was even up until an hour ago, Brandon, in terms of point spread. It has shifted to a one-point advantage for Wisconsin right now. Yeah, Uh, and – I don't know how Wisconsin is the favorite in this game. I mean, if it were me, I'd I'd bet on them too. Don't get me wrong. Big Wisconsin guy. I think we all know who I'm going to pick for this game, and I'm probably going to take an L for it. But I'm I'm going to go with Wisconsin in this one. I think Graham Mertz has to bounce back, man. I I really do. You know, last weekend he didn't look great, obviously. Uh, I think that may be like a bit of an understatement even. Um, he only passed for 200 yards last weekend. He had a 58% completion percentage. Um, I mean, ever since that Illinois game, he hasn't looked great, Zach. He, right. I mean, in my opinion, he's, he's just been falling off. He went from a 95% completion percentage down to 54, 56 and 58 respectively. I mean, that's bad. I mean, he went, he went from five touchdowns, no interceptions to two, none, one, three and zero and one. I, I mean, that's terrible. And right. he, I don't know. I don't know what to say other than Graham Mertz has to bounce back if Wisconsin's even going to have a chance in this one. I mean, realistically, man, I mean, the fact that they are 2-2 two and two and their defense has not allowed more than 17 points in a game and you're still 2-2. Two and two, Yeah. That is yeah. mind-blowing. Your defense is allowing 12 points a game in less than 230 yards per game, and you are not undefeated. <laughs> Right. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, no, it's um it's I, I don't even know what to say, Zach. <laughs> it's it's I, I'm going to be hurt by this game. Oh man, because I know who you're gonna pick. No, I already yeah, I'm picking Wisconsin. <laughs> Everyone knows I'm picking Wisconsin. So. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I, I get and listen, I think a big thing that's falling on Graham Mertz, Brandon. This might be the worst Wisconsin rushing attack that we've seen in probably 10 years. Oh, that's because Wisconsin always has great running backs. And then this year, uh, I mean, what are, what, are, what are we working with here? Working with Jalen Berger? Is that it? I mean, yep, yeah, he, that's he's the best. Good. He's good, but yeah, I mean, he's, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't compare to, to past Wisconsin running backs, in my opinion. Ah, man, I just. Like, he's really good, but I just think he's too young right now. I mean, and also, it also could be the fact that I am so skewed in what I'm expecting from a Wisconsin running back. Fair. 
because like you're comparing this kid to some of I mean Jonathan Taylor was the leading rusher in all of college football last year and had yeah. multiple 2000 yard seasons like yeah that is so unfair to ask of a true freshman in a COVID season where he didn't even have a spring practice yeah fair enough uh, and I mean he's not doing terribly either I mean, he hasn't had a game where he's rushed for less than 87 yards so far. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, if you gave me a running back, said, here, carry the ball 15 times, and if you get 80 yards, I mean, I'd be I'd be excited about that. I think that's a pretty good game. Um, right. And we're sitting here dogging this kid. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, and Graham Mertz, it, it also uh, – I get – like, we can't put all the blame on the rushing game. I'm just saying that's, like, part of the problem. But I think Graham Mertz – he doesn't. He also doesn't have a number one target. No, There's not a no. wide receiver that I absolutely trust that he can go can go get separation and go make a play when I need to. If right. it's third, if it's if it's over third and three, and there's not a chance of them running it, Wisconsin's probably not converting that man. Right. No, you're you just right. need average corners, and they don't have any speed yeah. for me. They don't. They don't have elite speed anywhere. Like Alabama. If you play within six yards of of Devontae Smith, it's a touchdown. Right. Mac Jones does that little head tap thing, and it's a touchdown in like 45 seconds. Like, that's it. And <laughs> for for me, I think I think Iowa, the thing they're going to have to keep doing is running the ball. They've been really good running the ball. So far, Tyler Goodson has been putting up great numbers. I mean, he has over 650 yards rushing. Um it, and that's that's only in seven games. That's that's really really good. I think um, the quarterback um, Spencer Petras is he's going to have to play really good. He's seven touchdowns, five interceptions, which isn't great, Brandon, but he's played well enough to win. And I think that's the biggest thing. And you look at their wins. I don't think they. I mean, yes, they haven't. They only won by what six against Nebraska, but they beat Illinois by double digits, Penn State by double digits blew out Michigan State and Minnesota. I mean, this team has been one of the hottest teams in the country by far, and now they're facing a Wisconsin team that I think is going to be desperate for a win. Oh, God, and they're playing They're playing in, yep. uh, in Iowa. Oh, no. This is yep. bad for me. This is bad for me, Zach. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's not good for you. I, th- I think Wisconsin is going to be desperate, so that can mean one of two things. That can mean that Wisconsin comes out there and plays the best game of the year, or it means that Graham Mertz continues to try to force things that aren't there and it can get real ugly. Because this Iowa defense, if you start turning the ball over, it's a wrap. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. I mean, so I'm going with Iowa here, Brandon. I got Iowa 14-13 to 13 win over Wisconsin this weekend. Wow, you don't you don't think it's a very high scoring game? Okay, no. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Wisconsin, twenty four, Iowa. Let's say seventeen. I like it. I like it. Um, but guys, uh, next game here: North Carolina, Brandon, traveling to Miami, and a big ACC matchup. I mean, this is huge. This this has. This is a New Year's Six Bowl type game for Miami if they can win this game. Miami's a three-point favorite. Brandon, can the Hurricanes pull it off at home? Uh, I hope so <laughs> um, because I, I don't know. I, I think that 
this Miami offense definitely has has a chance to outscore um, this this North Carolina offense at home. Now, if this game was being played in Chapel Hill, the uh, the story might be a little bit different. I think that Sam Howell plays better in Chapel Hill. I think that this this North Carolina team as a whole does. Um, so traveling down to Miami uh, or, or down to Coral Gables or wherever, well, they actually play in Miami because of the Dolphin Stadium, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So going to travel down to Miami um, to play this game, I think makes a big difference in this one. Um, you know, this Miami offense, obviously, I mean, it's one of the things we were looking for was for Cameron Harris, especially after the first couple of weeks, to step up and, and to be a big-time rusher. And he just hasn't really been that. Um, not to the extent that we thought he would be anyway. And this North Carolina rushing game is just out of this world. I mean, it's insane. Um, Derek King has played, I, I think, very well. Um, he may he may not have played as well as a lot of people uh, were expecting him to in Miami, but I think he's played pretty well considering, you know, if you consider all things. Um, and I'm really, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm really trying to talk myself into picking Miami for this matchup. <laughs> um it's, it's blatantly obvious that that's what i'm trying to do and I'm, I'm having a tough time doing it yeah this is just one of those tricky matchups where like i mean they're ranked 10th in the country brandon but i don't think they're the 10th best team in the country no i i don't either i mean i know they're nine and i know they're eight and one um and everyone i mean that one loss uh was obviously um one that we all expected them to lose but i still don't think that they're that they deserve to be a top ten team in the country. I mean, yeah, they right. lost to Clemson. That was it. Other than that, I mean, they. I don't want to say they haven't had a tough schedule to this point, but I will say that Miami was given one of the uh, was given the. I don't. I don't even know what to say. They were given one of the easier uh, schedules in the ACC, I think. And I think that we touched on that preseason. I mean, they had to play. Uh, Louisville to open the season up. I mean, after UAB, obviously they won that game. And after that game, we all thought they were like the greatest team in the country. That's not the yeah. case. And, and since then, I mean, who, who have been the hardest opponents? I mean, they played Nobody. Pitt without Kenny Pickett. Yep. I mean, they, they played, <laughs> I don't even know who else. I mean, they haven't really played a whole lot of good teams. They played Virginia tech and beat them by a point, I guess. Uh, that would be the only other like, like legitimate competition they've had since Clemson and Pitt. But I don't know. They, they haven't really had like the greatest resume up to this point so far. Right. They have. I mean, like you said, beat up a, a, I get that they beat a beat up pit team. They squeaked by Virginia. They squeaked by NC state, a game they should have lost. They should have lost to Virginia tech. <laughs> now, right. And they won by one point. They blew out Duke. Everyone blows out Duke this year. Right. And they haven't had anything impressive, but also on the flip side, North Carolina has been so inconsistent. They, at the high of the highs, they can beat anyone they want, but then they're losing to Virginia. Right. And they have a shootout with Wake Forest, 59-53. They play a decent game against Notre Dame. They can't pull that one out. Then they played Western Carolina last weekend, which we're not going to put any stock into that. And, and but, don't forget, they lost to Florida State. <sighs> That's true. I've I, I, know. I, I didn't want to mention that, Brandon. I would, that would have been cool if you would have just let me live and continue on with my argument here. But um, I, I think when you look at the quarterback battle, I think the more dynamic quarterback is Derek King. I think the better pure passer is Sam Howell. And, you know, Sam Howell, it's, 
under the radar, Brandon, like I know we haven't talked about him much because North Carolina hasn't lived up to the height. He's thrown for over 3,100 yards, 26 touchdowns, and only six interceptions. Right. Kids putting up stats. Derek King's got 2,300 yards, 20 touchdowns, only four interceptions. I give a slight nod to UNC's run game. Michael Carter and Javante Williams are better one-two punch than just Cameron Harris. And we've highlighted on the podcast about how inconsistent Cameron Harris has been. Um, One of the big things that kept me from putting Miami at the top of the ACC in the preseason is that they didn't have any wide receivers, Brandon. Yeah. Outside of uh, Brevin Jordan at tight end, they didn't have any receiving threats. And Mike Harley's done his thing. I mean, over 600 yards passing, but they don't have that deep threat like Deami Brown and just the stable of deep threats that North Carolina can roll out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you look at, you look at Deami Brown, Daz Newsom, Javante Williams is one of the leading receivers for this team. Michael Carter is also up there. This team, this offense just has so many weapons and I, I don't think neither of these defenses are going to have a strong performance this weekend, but I have more confidence that the UNC offense can make enough, um, make more plays in a shootout than Miami can. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's probably a fair argument. <laughs> and I think it'll be a close game, I, but I just expect Sam Howell to be ready to play. I mean, and like I and like you said, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, like home field advantage is big. It's a big trip down to Miami, but I don't consider Miami having a very strong home field advantage. No, they don't. Not playing at NFL stadium. Um, I guess in Florida, you can pack the stadium. I don't think that's still allowed by ACC protocols, but I need to see this UNC defense be consistent with pressure. I got to see this UNC offensive line. Keep Sam Howell clean. Can Jalen Phillips and them boys get to Sam Howell? If they can, Miami has a really strong chance of winning. De'Eric King's going to have to extend the pocket, avoid people like Chas Surratt and a bunch of those other front seven defenders. But I think Michael Carter, Javante Williams have a big game, Brandon. Uh, Sam Howell makes plays deep down the field to really put to really, I guess, put the Tar Heels over the top. I have North Carolina 45 41 over the Hurricanes this weekend. Yeah, I ah, man, I can't believe I'm about to do this. I'm gonna go with Miami in this one. I'm taking Miami oh. 45 to 35. I think they win this one by 10, 10 points. Yeah, oh, wow, wow, tough wow. To say. Okay. tough to say. I know that's tough, that's tough, but guys. We got a primetime matchup here, ABC, out west, Pac-12, 6.30 p.m. Central, Pasadena, California, USC, Brandon, UCLA. This is one of my favorite games. The uniform combinations are lit in this game, just to FYI. The baby blue versus that red and that ugly yellow, but it's fine. We'll leave it there. USC's a three-point favorite, no, a two-and-a-half-point favorite now, Brandon, are your Trojans going to be able to pull this one out? Uh, yeah, of course they are, Zach. They, they, <laughs> is, is Keaton still the quarterback? Uh, yes, as far is as Chip, I know. Is Chip Kelly still the coach at UCLA? Uh, yes. Okay, then yes, USC is going to pull this one out. Um, Dang. I, well, I know it's confident. been playing really good. Um, well, I don't care. I'm pretty cocky right now, Zach, and, and I okay. feel good about this one. I really do. I think that USC is better on both sides of the ball on this one. I think they're. I think they have a better defense, and I think they have a way better offense. Um, Keaton Slovis obviously is the X factor for me. I mean, he's been. I understand he got off to a slow start, but I think here recently he's been playing really well. I mean, 
he has he has nearly 1300 yards passing so far this season through four or through four games i think he he lays it on ucla this weekend and yeah they're playing this one at ucla doesn't really matter i mean it's still it's not really a home field advantage if you're not, not much of a home field advantage there's no fans in the pac-12 plus i mean what they're they're it's like a 20 minute drive across to westwood uh, to play against ucla um no i mean it i don't even know what we're talking about in this game zach i get it it's a rivalry game sure uh this game is probably gonna be pretty good um sure it, it, what is it two and a half points yeah uh, that usc is the favorite by yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I think this Keaton and uh, um, Amon Ross St. Brown combo is incredible. And I, I can't wait to see these two cook uh, because I think I think he ends up staying. I think Amon Ra ends up staying um, another season at least. Uh, he's a junior this year, but I think next year this duo is going to be absolutely deadly. Um, and I see them finishing out this year pretty strong. Uh, and I think that this UCLA is just a, kind of a stepping stone toward that strong finish this season. So I don't really know what else you want to say. Keaton can cook. Amon Ross St. Brown can cook. Uh, this USC defense, I think, is a little underrated. Uh, and they probably because they haven't looked great uh, for the first couple games. I think they ended up looking a little bit better last week. And I think that they're working toward um, being being a stronger defense. And so, yeah, I think, I think USC wins this game. I think they win it pretty handily, too. I think two and a half points is a little disrespectful. I mean, you look at UCLA though, Brandon. I mean, they were one, like what one play away from beating Oregon on the road three weeks ago. That's a whole different conversation because I don't think Oregon's very good. No, they're not. They were one score away from beating Colorado on the road. And don't get me started on Colorado. They're really not good. Colorado was undefeated and was like almost ranked this week. Doesn't matter. I don't think they're good. Oh my goodness, this guy, this guy over here. No respect for the Bruins. No respect for the Bruins. Don't care. They're um, averaging they're, more yards I mean, per game on offense. They they're right there, almost evenly with defense. Like th- these teams look almost identical. Um, no, they don't have a Keaton in at UCLA. Okay, D- Doria Thompson is doing his thing out there. Yeah, but he's not Keaton, is he? He's 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 only thrown ninety passes. Keaton has thrown <laughs> double the passes of this kid. This kid's thrown for 700 yards, eight touchdowns, which is only two less than Keaton and two interceptions. Yeah, sure. And look at their running game compared to USC. That's where the big thing comes in. Demetric Felton balling over yeah. almost 600 yards rushing, but five touchdowns. But let me use your own argument against you because he has 111 carries compared to steps 31. Okay, that's my fault that they made Keaton throw 800 so why, times in the so, first two so, weeks. So why why was that your argument in the first place then for uh, for the quarterback battle? It's tough. I, I broke Zach. I broke Zach. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, they're a more balanced team. Okay. Uh, are they not? I, I mean, I think USC does their thing. I think they have this this air raid attack, and I think they're I think they're doing pretty air well. Air raid. The, it's USC not a true has, air raid, but it, I was it, gonna say it, USC does not run the air raid offense. You need to stop it. <laughs> not quite. They're getting there. I mean, UCLA is averaging over 200 yards passing and rushing. They're averaging 230 yards rushing. Brandon, USC is at 313 pass and only 111 rushing. It's because they don't they don't run the ball. Because they don't have a good running back. I don't know. I don't know. You about have that. said think... that. You have said that when... on this podcast. 
Marquise Step is averaging four and a half yards a carry, Zach. You oh, wouldn't that's take great. that. You wouldn't take that. That's great. I'd take that. Run them three times in a row. That's the first down. Demetri Felton's averaging over five yards per carry. I'm if not you want saying to talk about elite production. We should have went back last <laughs> segment and talked about the eight point nine that Javante Williams is averaging. We're not talking about North Carolina. This is not the North Carolina podcast. <laughs> this is this is the LSU Wisconsin USC podcast. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Listen, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than you expect. I think UCLA is underrated just because of the, I guess, the last few years they have not been very good. I think this team is the most balanced Chip Kelly's had and the most talented. I think Dorian Thompson Robinson is matured. He's gotten better. I think Felton brings a whole new dynamic to this rushing attack. I think UCLA is able to run the ball to keep USC off the field, Brandon. And I think you are going to be shocked at how close this game is. Okay, well, what's your prediction then? I got. I am picking USC to win. Oh, but I, I, but oh I only. Ha- <laughs> what? Boo! That's that's stupid. That's so whack, dude. You oh can't my god! I said they were just going to keep it close. I mean, UCLA is a lot better than you're expecting. I like. I wanted to pick the upset, but I do think that USC is an overall better team. I I have them winning by three points. Okay, I mean that, that's covering the spread. USC 30-27, UCLA keeps it close all game. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with USC um 35 uh 24. Trash. Um no. the game of the week though, guys. CBS two o'clock. This is the game that I don't even care. They could put the iron ball on right at the same time of this game, and I would be I might be more excited for this game. Okay. Army Navy. Two o'clock CBS, like I said, Brandon Army is a seven-point favorite. Which school are you taking this week? And don't forget, next week the trophy is decided because Army has to go play Air Force next week. Yeah, go Army beat Navy is what I'll say. I said it last year. I'll say this. I didn't say it last year. But um, (laughs) go Army beat Navy. Um, I'm always rooting. I don't know why I'm always rooting for Army in this game, but I am. Because, like, Um, when we were growing up, there was such an underdog. They lost, like, 18 straight times. Yeah, that's. I guess that is why. And plus, it's Army. I mean, come on. If if you don't choose Army, are you really are you really a patriot? Are you really and patriotic? Li- and if you love uniforms, this is your game. game. This they is bring game. out they bring out the stuff for this one. They do, and, and I I, th- I still think my favorite one was a couple of years ago when Navy brought out the the helmets um, that had like different battleships on them. That was the coolest thing in the world to me. They had like the USS Alabama on on helmets. I thought that oh. was really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you remember last year. I can't even remember what the uniforms were like last year, but I, I know that army armies were my favorite. Oh, they had the weird helmets. Navy yeah. had the weird helmets. They looked like leather helmets or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't like that. I like armies though. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I haven't watched these two teams play, but go army beat Navy. <laughs> well, the quarterback battle is not one to watch. It's it's all about <laughs> running the ball here. Army is averaging 50 yards per, pa- per game passing. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. But, it's very tough. But they're averaging 300 yards rushing a game. Which is incredible. And, I mean, the triple option. If you're a fan of the triple option, watch this game. Bro, they're averaging 300 yards rushing per game, Brandon. Their leading rusher only has 383 for the season. That's tough. 
That's very tough. That doesn't even that doesn't even make statistical sense. <laughs> They've played nine <laughs> games. How is this the case? Um, now, Look what I the diversity say, of their rushing attack? Yeah, it's nuts. And what I will say is that Navy, um, for being a team that runs the ball a lot, is not very prepared for the run whatsoever. Um, they're giving up over two hundred yards rushing a game. Yeah, it, the defensive battle is really what gives Army the edge a thousand Fair. percent. Fair enough. But, Brandon, this is absolutely ridiculous. Army has 10 players over 100 yards rushing. Yeah. And four over 300. I mean, it's it's tough out here for <laughs> for anybody face. I mean, they have t- they have a they had a tough loss two weeks ago to Tulane on the road. But they're seven and two. They're the better team. Their defense is only giving up or is giving up under 300 yards per game. Their other losses to Cincinnati, Brandon, I don't think we're going to fault them for that loss. No, we can't. <laughs> and you look at Navy, four straight losses, Brandon. They've lost to Houston double digits. They've lost to SMU double digits. They lost 10 to seven to Memphis, which is an outrageous score. And they lost by double digits to Tulsa, only putting up six points. They have not put up double digits in two weeks. I think this Army defense is going to have a field day, Brandon. I have Army 20 to three over Navy. 20 to three. I'm going to go with Army 31 to Navy 10. Oh, high scoring. I like it. I like it. But, guys, that is a wrap on pick six, seven, whatever you want to call it. We're going to have to come up with new names when we do this. This is getting a little ridiculous. I got asked last week about why we had seven games picked when it's called pick six. Why don't you just leave us alone and enjoy that we covered an extra game for you instead of being, you know, all inquisitive and stuff. But we're going to storylines here. We got two this episode, Brandon. The first storyline, we have to react to these new college football rankings and Brandon, I got some storylines that have came out from this from this uh, most recent ranking. First, where is the respect for our for our boys out there in Coastal Carolina? There's none. There's absolutely none. I mean, thirteen. You got to be kidding me. It's just disrespectful, right? They're they're behind what one, two, three, two lost teams, right? It's bad. It's it's so bad. And you know what makes me more mad than that, Zach, is that Missouri's ranked. How is Missouri? Oh, that was my next storyline. I was I was going to ask you: Is Missouri a top twenty-five team? Oh no! Oh no! 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 They are not. (laughs) They they came down to the buzzer with LSU, and LSU is the furthest thing from a top twenty-five team this year. You you know that. So this is the first time I think we've had a top twenty-five matchup that we didn't cover in pick six. What's that? Georgia Missouri is a ranked matchup now. Nine versus oh, wow. twenty-five. Oh wow! I didn't mean that. Didn't even click for me until wow. Okay, um, don't like that. I'm glad we're not covering that because it's not a real ranked <laughs> matchup. <laughs> that that is outrageous. And how about this? We have Missouri, a three-loss team, ranked. We have a three-loss NC State team ranked over a one-loss Tulsa team. A three-loss Oklahoma State team still ranked. A three-loss Texas team ranked over an undefeated Colorado team. A three-loss North Carolina team ranked above BYU and Louisiana Lafayette. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I I just don't know what to say. Um, And I know I keep hopping around here, but this is – I did watch the selection show, but since then this is the first time I'm actually looking at the rankings, like all together, I guess. 
Holy cow. How how in the world is Cincinnati ranked behind Iowa State? That was my next question. Iowa State, too much or too little respect, Brandon? Uh, I think a little bit too much, I would say. <laughs> and, and I know what's happening is the committee's like, oh, we have to have the Big 12 up there. We have to have them in playoff contention. No, you don't. <laughs> They're not good. This is not a good conference this year. It doesn't matter. If you don't put Cincinnati up there in five or six right now, what I if it were me ranking this right now, I'd have Florida at five, I'd have Cincinnati at six, and I put A and M at seven. If it were me. I like that. I must say I have Cincinnati at five in mind, but it's just because I think but Cincinnati is getting torn up because they keep getting games canceled. I would like to see the oh, and I know never mind, I'm not even gonna say it. Uh, I, I'm 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 not sure what the next storyline is, but it, I hope it's what I was about to say. No, go ahead, because I don't think it is. <laughs> okay. Um, I, since Ohio State is not yes. playing this weekend, would like to see them play Cincinnati, who's also not playing this weekend, if at all possible. They're yeah, both in a- Ohio. I think it's a little bit safer than the Big Ten playing throughout different states. Kevin Warren, do the right thing. He never does the right thing, though. A&M already said they're not playing Ohio State this weekend. It's because A&M's scared they're going to beat. Yeah, A&M will get smacked. I know. It would be disrespectful. Cincinnati and Ohio State would be, I think it would be a legitimately good matchup. Yeah, I do too. I I think you would answer the question if Cincinnati if Cincinnati went into Ohio State and won that game, they deserve a playoff spot. I don't care what oh, anyone says. No doubt. And I'm not and I'm not saying they would win that matchup because I don't know. I really don't know about that one. But if Cincinnati beat beat Ohio State, it should, they should move up into the top four and not lose their spot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But to put a two loss Iowa State team over an undefeated Cincinnati team is just ridiculous like how what has Iowa State two losses done above a two loss Georgia team um nothing I I mean I I legitimately don't know I wish I knew what what the playoff committee is thinking right now this team this two loss Iowa Iowa State team lost to Louisiana Lafayette the first week of the season who's ranked 19 somehow with one loss I don't know yeah, it's uh, I don't know, but Brandon, we have to break down this chaos. So I got two situations for you. I need you to tell me what you think is going to happen or what should happen. Okay. What happens if Florida beats Alabama? You if... have it, you have uh, we're not even let's just say um, Notre Dame beats Clemson. So Clemson's out of it. We have an so we know Notre Dame's in because they're undefeated ACC champion, all that. We have a six win Ohio State because the Big Ten's changing the rules. So we'll have a six win Big Ten champ Ohio State. We'll have a one loss Florida and a one loss Alabama all right there. And and Texas AM, one loss right there. Who gets in? That's tough. That's so tough. I mean, obviously you have to have Notre Dame at the, at the number one seed. I mean that's that's no question about it. They beat they beat the Clemson team twice, one time with Trevor Lawrence, one time without. They're number one undisputed. Ah, man, that ah, this is so difficult. Um, I think that you would have to put Ohio State at two yeah. because they don't have any. Uh, even though they've only won six games, they don't have any losses, um, and they've looked stronger as the season's gone on. So I, I think I would have them number two. I think you have to have Florida at number three. 
And I don't know about number four. I know you're, I know you were fishing for me to put Alabama there. I think you have to, I think I'd put Alabama there because they uh, had I the tiebreaker over yeah. A&M. That's true. I, I don't, I don't think A&M would deserve a spot. Um, now, I mean, there's a, there's a few other things like, you know, personally, who would I put in if Cincinnati's still undefeated, I might slip them in there, but putting a one loss Alabama team, it depends on how bad they lost to. Now, if they kept neck and neck with Florida that entire game and they just barely lost, I don't think it's a question in my mind Alabama makes it into the playoff. But if right. they if they if they get blown out in in Atlanta by this Florida team, then you got to start questioning some things. I mean, right. I don't know. Uh, That's what I would say. I, I think you have to do um, Notre Dame, Ohio. I, I think I would go Notre Dame, Florida, Ohio right. State, Alabama would be my top four, and I think you're. Yeah, I would put Florida at two. A win over Alabama is better than any win Ohio State has this year. That's true. Um, and I think your X factors would be if Iowa State wins out with another win over Oklahoma. Does that two loss? Do they value the how much? How much do they value the conference championship there? And if Cincinnati wins to AAC and has another ranked win over Tulsa, could they possibly slip in? I don't think they can. I think I even you know we were in the group chat with uh, Nick this week. I, I think Cincinnati is eliminated. The fact yeah. they dropped a spot already, I think they're done. So I think Iowa State, if they win out, would be the X factor for Alabama and AM as well. But Brandon, this is the total chaos scenario. What happens if Florida and Clemson win? So Ooh, you have an undefeated six win Ohio State, you have a one loss Florida, a one loss Alabama, a one loss Clemson, a one loss Notre Dame, and a one loss. Um, Texas A&M man I, I this one this this scenario to me is it's 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 also difficult but I think it's a little bit easier than the last one somehow uh, I think I'd have to have Clemson at one even with that one loss I'd put Ohio State at two um man uh, you gotta Florida, put Florida in Florida right at I, that's a... Florida at three and I think I'd have Notre Dame at four honestly Really? I think I would, yeah. I mean, they, they beat Clemson one time. They split that. It's so hard to beat a team twice in a season. And so, yeah, they, they split that. Um, I, I think you have to keep them in. So I think they give the nod to Alabama just because they're already valuing Alabama over Notre Dame right now. Yeah, that's true. And I think they would look at the loss that Alabama has as less of a fluke than Notre Dame because, like, Notre Dame beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. So how much weight – Will that weight carry more weight than Alabama's win over Texas A&M is what I'm imagining it will come down to. And I don't think I, – I, I think that win over A&M would carry more weight. Yeah, I, I could see that. And then if Iowa State wins out, God forbid they're in the conversation too, that would just be a ridiculous scenario. I don't um, I hope they get beat. I hope they get beat bad. And if they, it, that loss to Louisiana Lafayette is looming large, man, if they don't lose that game to Louisiana Lafayette, we're talking about Iowa State maybe being in the top four right now. Yeah, I mean, a one-loss team in the Big 12 right now, I think that – I think the committee puts them above both of the – I think they put them above A&M and Florida right now. Oh, man, that's tough. You see, because, like, the, the thing is, like, Louisiana Lafayette is still doing really well. So if Louisiana Lafayette is still – winning and ranked that's a huge win for Iowa State right ah man that is that is crazy but 
right, man. The other storyline, we got to move on here. We'll cover the next rankings next week on the preview episode. But, Brandon, we talked all – we wasted our time last episode, apparently. (laughs) Because apparently Jim Harbaugh and Michigan are discussing a new contract. Which is so stupid. Thoughts on this and why in the world would Michigan want to extend his contract? I have no idea. I I legitimately have no idea. I think they're comfortable where they're at, which is crazy. I think they're writing this year off to being like, you know, the the shortened COVID season, whatever. And it's it's a fluke, basically, in their mind is what they're thinking. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think this team is progressively getting worse under Coach Harbaugh. And I don't understand how or why or what's going on in their head to think about extending his contract at all. And I mean, because, I mean, people are calling for his job like right now, you know, they're, this is the complete opposite of what Michigan fans want. And I know their right. fan base is upset. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. Why would they be? I and mean, what are you doing? What are you doing hiring coach or extending coach Harbaugh here? I, do you think, I mean, what, I don't know. I guess they're content with these, with these three, four lost seasons, never beating the rivals. This is going to hurt recruiting when, when recruits see that, that their school, isn't looking to improve the program they're comfortable with where they're at i mean that's going to hurt recruiting that right and i mean i think the biggest thing in renegotiation uh, for this contract is that they're they're trying to lower his salary too if i'm not mistaken <laughs> that's so that's like good. I, I think they might just be restructuring be like okay we're going to give them a little bit more time we're, we don't want to you know go through the whole thing of having to fire someone like Jim Harbaugh. So it's like, we he can either go to the NFL or we can renegotiate a smarter deal. So it's not, we're because I think a lot of the argument right now from the media and pundits and critics is that you're paying this dude like a top five coach in college football when he's not. So if you lower that contract, will those expectations go down a little bit? And I don't think they will. I don't know that they will. Um, now, if they are if they are actually lowering his contract amount, that's good, and that's probably a sign that that he's on a hot he's on the hot seat actually, which he should be on the hottest seat in the world right now. But if he's not on the hot seat, then I think putting I think lowering his salary like this puts him on it, so that his buyout isn't quite as much as it might be, you know, like right now. Right, right, yeah. I, I think this is a bad idea. I think you should just let him walk onto the NFL, restart. We've already. If you want to hear what candidates we would like to see at Michigan, go listen to last episode. There are some great candidates out there that I think it's a perfect time to move on from Jim Harbaugh, but Michigan might disagree. But, guys, that is it for storylines. We are moving to Brandon's Gambling Corner. This is the Let's segment go. of the day, the week, the the year. It don't matter. This, the, this is the all-time segment right here. Brandon, we're going to start you out with the ACC, man. ACC Superdogs. We're going to start you out Georgia Tech plus six and a half against Pitt. Oh, that's so tough. Uh, no, I think Pitt pulls this one out. I, and, I like it. I like it. Touchdown. I like it. I like it. Wake Forest plus one and a half against Louisville. Uh, Louisville wins. By, I agree. At least two. <laughs> <laughs> by at least two. By safety, maybe. Duke. Plus four and a half against Florida State. Nope, Florida State wins by a lot. Ooh, yeah, I guess Duke is really, really bad. And Florida State's been playing decent yeah. recently. All right, man. Pac-12 after dark money lines. A lot of these games aren't after dark because they're taking COVID seriously out there. Who does we got that? Air, 
<laughs> we got Arizona plus 350 over Arizona State. Oh, no. No, I'm sorry. I thought you had that. I thought that was flipped. I was about to say Arizona State is going to win that easy. Yeah, they're going to yeah. win. Yeah. The line, 11 and a half. Arizona squeaks under that? No. You got to give that one to Arizona. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Arizona State. Arizona is something else, and Kevin Sumlin needs to not have a job. <laughs> Utah plus 104 over Colorado. Colorado wins. Uh, yeah, I know I just trashed them. I know I did. Uh, I just think that Utah is that bad. Oh, man. The line's only one and a half for that game. That's pretty Which much like nuts. a pick on. That's bananas. You got to go with Colorado. Yeah, I agree. Wa- um, Washington State plus 114 over Cal. Cal wins. I, oh. I'm, not even, I'm not picking any underdogs this week. I don't like this. Apparently, apparently. Oregon State plus 122 over Stanford. I'll take Oregon State. I like that. Okay. The line's two and a half for that game. Yeah. Two. So, Oregon State over Stanford, guys. That's your upset pick of the week for Brandon. <laughs> Uh, we got SEC big winners. If I mean, this is if you take the underdogs, Brandon, you win big here. Okay. We got Arkansas plus 31 and a half against Bama. Arkansas plus 31 and a half. I don't think that they went out right, but I think they cover that 31 and a half. Okay. The money line on Arkansas man is 1500. That's enticing, but I can't do that, it because sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle like 10 bucks on it. Maybe <laughs> you want to lose 10 bucks. Yeah. Missouri <laughs> plus 13 and a half against Georgia. I can see Missouri pulling this one I out. can too. I, you know, if there's a money line that you don't mind losing like 50 bucks on, I think you put it on Missouri. I think you have. What, what is it? What's the money line? Uh, plus 410, Missouri. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, throw a little on that. Yeah, because I, I, I think this is going to be a trap game. I really do. I think Georgia's offense has not been very good. Missouri's been clicking in the last few games. I mean, I can see Georgia completely overlooking Missouri. Yeah, I could too. Vandy plus 15 and a half over Tennessee. Uh, I know Tennessee's That's bad. tough. That's and tough. I, and, I, and I know that Jeremy Pruitt's actually on the hot seat again. Um, I, 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 would, I would take Vandy to cover, but I don't think they win. Okay, I like that. Yeah, the money line's plus 540, Vandy. It's only plus 540. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I think Tennessee's that bad right now. Yeah, they are bad. They are really bad. Uh, Mississippi State plus six and a half over Auburn. No, they're playing in Jordan Hare. No, they're playing in Starkville. It doesn't matter. Auburn's going to win this game. (laughs) The money line is not good. That's true. Auburn's not good. (laughs) Okay, but they're better than they're better than Bo Nix on the road, Brandon. Bo Nix on the road. (laughs) But Mississippi State's two and six. That's true. LSU, dude. That's true. Like, that's like true. I was looking at this other day. I read an article about how Michael Leach is on the hot seat. This is first season already. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. yeah, that'd be tough for like to get fired your first year during this season. Tough. <laughs> yeah, that's real tough. Like, I guess also Mike Leach put himself behind the eight ball with that tweet this offseason. So, like, that's true. I, I think that plays a little bit of part. Plus, he's already thrown his players under the bus, <laughs> <laughs> he's already like alienating players. So, I get it, uh, to a point. If there was ever a coach to be on the hot seat after one season, it's Mike Leach. Fair. Um, you're over under segment right now, man. Rapid fire on these ones. UTEP, North Texas, 62 and a half. Oh, over. Over. Okay. Utah, Colorado, 49 and a half. Under. 
Alabama, Arkansas, 68 and a half. Over. Georgia, Mizzou, 52 and a half. Over. No, under. Oh, I will say, I don't know if they're going to score that much. Illinois, Northwestern, 40 and a half. Over. UAB, Rice, 43 and a half. Over. Arkansas State, Incarnate World, 71 and a half. <laughs> over. Oh, my God, over. Yeah. Navy, half? <laughs> Navy, Army, 38. Oh, man. I know my score prediction was. Oh, my score prediction was over that. That's tough. I'm going to go with under. I still think it's under. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's why why you were like, man, 20 to 3. I'm like, man, I don't think they're going to score that much. Um, UNLV, Hawaii, 57 and a half. Is it on the island? I believe so. Yeah, over. I like it. Brandon's heart segment. Y'all's favorite. Southern Miss. Plus eight and a half against Florida Atlantic. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not even going to no. take the money line plus 300? No, don't do it. If you want to lose money, don't. <laughs> you had no faith. The over under is 43 and a half. It hurts, but I'm going to go with the over. Yeah, I think Florida Atlantic might score 43 and a half. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, man. Over under six more players opting out for LSU after this week's beatdown. Uh, probably over. This is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. I had to mess with you, man. It's all good. Auburn's going to end up losing players, too. We are trash. Yeah. Uh, over under how many more years are we going to sign Gus Malzahn if he beats Mississippi <laughs> State this weekend? It's probably a good good amount. You know, I, like I was talking to one of my family members, and they were like, man, we, we should have beat A&M. And I'm like, you know, thinking back, like I'm kind of glad we did it because we would have had Malzahn for another 15 years if he would have <laughs> beat the number five team in the country. <laughs> Yeah, this what is like a national championship wins you like four years or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, just be unless you're Gene Chizik. Oh my god. Yeah, or, Gene Chizik or- won a natty, and like they were like, "Listen, dude, on the plane ride home, they're like, listen, we're gonna have to let you go.'" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I, I know that you. I know that you had one of the one uh one of the greatest national championship runs of all time. You might you may have the best collegiate football player in the history of college football. like the the ad just pointed to the back of the plane he was like you see that six six monster back there that just won the hospital trophy yeah you were like he's you're gonna go to the nfl with him all right (laughs) (laughs) gonna head out right now with him but think of this as a promotion (laughs) but guys that is a wrap on this episode man week 15 coming at y'all this weekend i think games start on thursday this week man so we have a full weekend of games so make sure to tune in for that. Make sure to tune in to our next episode. We'll be dropping next Monday a big old recap of week 15, man. And we even have like, I think it's like we're have to we're gonna have to do like a week 16 slash conference championship preview next week, Brandon. I yeah. think some teams are still playing, other teams are playing conference championships. Our episode is gonna be chaos because this college football season is chaos. So just stick with us there. Check us out on Instagram at the underscore blue bloods. Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods, Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod, YouTube, the Blue Bloods CFB Podcast, website, thebluebloodspod.com, all the links and everything up there. Subscribe, like, rate, all that good stuff wherever you listen, including YouTube. And if you don't listen to YouTube, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be doing some cool stuff on there very, very soon. But guys, we appreciate y'all listening. Y'all enjoy this weekend of Costa Ball as much as we will. And we will be back soon. But for right now, we out.